You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning. Oh, that was loud. Turn me down a little bit. Was that me? Really loud. Okay. Thank you for being here. My name is Eileen. Lots of you know me. Some of you might not know me. Um, I am married to Bill. He has off at work. My oldest son, Zachary, is here with his beautiful wife and my grand dog, Dahlia. I have a son named Joshua with Marie and our first grandbaby named Luke. They live in Tennessee. My son Noah, see, I can't see. My son Noah and his lovely wife are here, Heather. And then I have another boy named Elijah who is not here. We don't know where he's at. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've had the privilege to teach the Bible stories for many, many years, um, mostly to young people, ages K through 12. So if I look at some of you like you're this big, just go with it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, I have a passion for teaching the gospel, and so that brings me here today. So um, I'm going to start with asking if any of you have seen the t-shirt or seen the phrase that says the word faith, and then a line. This one says over, and then the word fear. And the meaning is faith over fear. How do we have faith over here? Fear. Oops. How do we use scripture to remind us that our faith in Jesus Christ is far more powerful than any fear we have or any struggles we're going through, right? Because there are hundreds and hundreds of scripture references in the Bible that mention faith. And likewise, there's a hundred messages that that mention fear, right? A couple of them I wrote down. Isaiah 41, 8 through 10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Another one, Psalm 56 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust. And of course, the ever-present, everyone's favorite, Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Look, we all struggle with something, whether it's something that we can't control. An illness, like the person in our story today, a divorce, a miscarriage, an unexpected death that rips your heart out, a job loss. Those are all things you can't control. Could be something that you have absolute control over, a choice that you made, an addiction, um, drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling. Those are choices that you make. Those are consequences that you have to struggle through. We've all got them, we've all had them, we've all been there. I'm confident that every single person in this room has struggled through something in their life, right? Something that makes us desperate, something that makes us want relief. We want healing, we want hope. But my question is, how far are you willing to go for that relief? How far are you willing to go for that healing? What's it gonna cost you? Today we're continuing our series, The Iconic Life of Jesus, and we're going to dive into one of my favorite stories. 
So when I spoke to Josh about this, I've listened to him preach and I've listened to Noah preach through this series and they've talked about faith and trust in Jesus and they've interweaved it beautifully. And so I approached Josh and I said, hey, there's this story in the Bible that's one of my faves and I think you should use it. My lesson is don't do that unless you plan on standing right here. Okay? So here we are. Let's get into it. We are going to be in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Um, it's gonna, there's a lot to unpack. It's a big chapter. Um, if you have your Bibles, open them up. If you have your devices, look it up. Um, we're going to start here with verse 21. When Jesus had again, yes, it's up there. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with them, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with them. A large crowd followed and pressed in around him. So here we meet Jairus. He's a synagogue leader, well aware of the stance that all the religious leaders had taken on Jesus. They didn't like him. Okay, he knew that. They even tried to have him killed. He had a 12-year-old daughter who was gravely ill. And he went to Jesus and he humbled himself. He fell at the feet of Jesus and he said, please, if you just lay hands on her, I know she will be healed. It takes a lot of faith to do that. Right? Jesus went with them. There was a lot of crowds around him. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 8, verse 42, this story is told three times in the Gospels. And in Luke, it says the crowds were so enormous and massive that they were practically crushing him. And I want you to remember that for later. Let's keep going. Verse 25. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Okay, so here we have this woman. If I get graphic, if I get uncomfortable, I apologize in advance, okay? Sometimes when we read God's word and he's trying to give us a message, it can be uncomfortable if we sit where we're at and not listen to what he's trying to tell us. She had been bleeding. She had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. Ladies, 12 years. She had seen many doctors. She had spent all of her money, and yet she was not cured. She was getting worse. So I want to explore that for a minute. The reason this is such a big deal is not just because of her illness, but if you go all the way back to Leviticus chapter 15, verses 25 through 30, you will hear that the law said that when a woman was in her time of the month, her bleeding time, she could not be around anyone. She could not be touched by anyone. Anything she touched was considered unclean. Anywhere she sat was considered unclean. Her bedding was considered unclean. And then there was an entire ritual in order to get clean. So she couldn't be around people. She couldn't touch people. They couldn't touch her. Matter of fact, when she stopped bleeding, she still had to stay away for five to seven days after that. It's a long time. Twelve years is a long time 
to be ill like that and to be bleeding and not be around anybody. Her family had probably disowned her by then. Her father had probably disowned her, which means that she no longer had the coverage of her father, no longer the protection of her father. She was completely isolated. She was completely alone. She was probably afraid. She couldn't go to worship. She couldn't have a husband. She couldn't have children. That's a pretty, pretty scary place to be. Very, very scary place to be. So ladies, I know you can relate to this because she was in pain, physical pain. She was probably exhausted, 12 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was emotionally drained. She was mentally drained. And she was spiritually drained also. And she thought, if I just reach out and touch the hem of his robe, because she had heard about him, I would be healed. Now, her faith was a little faulty because she held the superstition that clothes transferred power. So her faith was just a little faulty there, but she had heard about Jesus, and she was willing to give it a try. I could just, I could just touch his hem. She couldn't just walk up like Jairus did. Remember the crowds? They were crushing him. They were pressing in on him. So my visual, when I read something, when I read a book, if I'm reading Harry Potter or anything like that, I visualize. I visualize what the room looks like. I visualize what people are wearing. Well, I visualize this woman as not being very big, kind of frail, rather weak. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She's been sick. I don't see her, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. She couldn't touch anybody. It was the law. She couldn't just tap him on the shoulders like Jairus and say, hey, Jesus, I need your help. I see you're going low. There's a lot more room between your legs than there is when people are shoulder to shoulder. I see her going low, trying to reach him through that, and just reaching out and touching the hem of his robe. That's all she needed. And she was healed immediately. She crawled through some pretty gross stuff. I'm just going to tell you. Dirt, lit, lit. Dogs, horses, camels. So in this story, both Jairus and this woman needed to be healed, and they believed, they had faith that Jesus could do what he said he could do, right? One, by the laying on of hands, and one, by just touching his So how can we have that kind of faith that overcomes our fears? If you're taking notes, it's a good point to make. Point number one, understand the cost and take a risk to seek and to trust Jesus. Understand the cost and take a risk to seek and to trust Jesus. See, Jairus Jairus came and he humbled himself at Jesus' feet, even though he knew that the religious leaders despised this man. The consequences for him were probably pretty icky, maybe not that bad because he was a synagogue ruler, but her, the repercussions for her were graver, much graver could quite possibly mean the grave because it was the law. She couldn't touch anybody. And here she was, wading through just to touch his hem. They both knew the cost, and they took a risk. Their faith was far greater than their fear. Let's keep going. Verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd, and he asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? That's Peter. I know Peter said that. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. 
Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. She was desperate, and it was her absolute faith that she clung to when she reached out and touched that hem. Jesus knew. He felt the power leave him. He knew that something had happened. He didn't need to talk to her. He didn't need to see her. He didn't need to lay hands on her. The power from God came through him and healed this woman. But he wanted to know. And he asked her to come forward. And she told him everything she'd been through. 12 years of suffering. She told him everything. And Jesus listened to her intently. It was mano a mano. I think that's I said that right. Right? We don't know how long it took for her to tell Jesus her story. 12 years. No community. No family. No protection. Doctors couldn't heal her. No more financial help. But he listened. He didn't rush her along, even though he knew that there was a little girl dying down the road and a grieving father standing next to her. He listened. He listened to her story because her story mattered. Your story matters. Your story matters to him. He gave her his undivided attention. So how do we have the kind of faith that overcomes all of our fears? Point number two, believe that God is giving you his full attention when you go to him with all of your stuff. Believe that God is giving you his full attention when you go to him with all of your stuff. Jesus told the woman, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Jesus called her daughter. Up until that point, she had no one. She was nobody's daughter up till then. Her dad had already disowned her. She didn't have anybody. She was alone. He let her know that she now belonged to him, that she was covered by him. She was protected by him. Mm, she could go on. She could live a normal life. She could get married. She could have kids. By wanting her to come forward, Jesus was letting her know that her faulty superstitious faith was not what healed her. It wasn't the clothing that healed her. It was him. It was his power that healed her and her faith in that power that healed her. Jesus told her. He also said in front of all of the crowd, called her daughter, because he wanted that crowd to know she was no longer an outcast. She belonged to him. He said, go in peace. The peace and the knowledge that it was her faith that restored her health. But when Jesus said, go in peace, he restored her emotionally. He restored her mentally. And most importantly, he restored her spiritually. You see, we are known intimately by our creator. He made us. He knows every hair on our head. And he wants us to come to him with all of our stuff, regardless, joy, sorrow, whatever it is, go to him. Sometimes we think our problems are too small, too big, too stupid, too impossible for God to handle. And I say to you, do not put God in a box. Don't box him in. Certainly don't restrict God because of our fears, our human frailties, our inability to trust that God is in control. 
Don't let your pride keep you from going to God. Let's continue with the rest of our story. Yay! Verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing out loudly. And he went in and he said to them, why are y'all crying and making a commotion? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with them and went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and he said to her, Talita Kaum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told him to give her something to eat. Don't be afraid. Just believe. You see, Jairus had taken a risk. His grieving heart went to Jesus in faith, and now it was completely shattered because they said his daughter was dead. He was standing next to Jesus when this woman came up and touched him from behind, and he gave her his full attention. And Jesus didn't rush her along, and Jairus didn't, wasn't angry and frustrated because Jesus didn't move fast enough because he put his faith in Jesus and he trusted that Jesus was in control. Don't be afraid, just believe. That's what Jesus said. So how can we show that kind of absolute faith over fear? Point number three, go the distance with Jesus. Oh look, it's up there too. Who knew? <laughs> Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't give up. When you believe, God the Father, Jesus, whose Son, who went to the cross for you, the Holy Spirit who lives inside each and every one of us. If you have that kind of faith, it gives you courage. You might want to write this down. It gives you courage to believe who God's called you to be. Might mean a job change. Might mean you have to go back to school and learn a new trade, a new skill. Might mean you start a church from the ground up. It might mean you stand on a stage and you preach God's word to a room full of adults that you've never done that before. Be who God's called you to be. Faith gives you the courage to do that. Even when we know the cost, we have the courage to be bold for Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's one of my favorite verses. Faith gives us strength, strength to go the distance even when we are exhausted. It reminds me of that poem. I know you guys know that poem, Footprints in the Sand. And this person is walking, and life is good. They're going through life, getting married, having children, and there's always two sets of footprints in the sand because Jesus is always with them. But then when the times are, are, are bad, maybe trouble, turmoil, whatever, suffering, there's only one set of footprints in the sand. And the man says, or the woman says to Jesus, why did you leave me in my times of suffering? Why were there only one set of footprints? And Jesus said, my precious, precious child, I love you. I would never leave you in your times of suffering and trials. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. 
Awesome. Faith gives us wisdom to discern God's voice over the noise of this world. And boy, I tell you, there's a lot of noise in this world going on, coming at us from all the ends. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Faith gives us discipline to give him our full attention. Because when we go to him with all of our junk and all of our stuff, know that he is giving you his full attention and he is listening to you intently. Faith gives us peace. It's the peace that Jesus bestows on all of his sons and daughters, you and me. Knowledge that when we are desperate, we're fearful, we're worried, we're just plain tired. That Jesus gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding. We don't have to know it all. We don't have to have all the answers. We just need to believe and trust. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. Because in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And finally, faith gives us hope. It's the hope that we put in God, Abba Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us when we believe. We can have the hope that our future is bright and beautiful and full of wonder. Yes full of trouble and full of suffering and full of turmoil. But don't be afraid. Just believe. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. It's Revelation 21.4. See, sometimes we think that we have control over our fears and our despair, and then it becomes overwhelming and it's like a crushing. It just comes down on us. But Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. Believe that Jesus is in control. He walks before you. He is standing on either side of you, and he is guarding your six. He is with you through all of it. No weapon formed against you will prosper. More scripture. Your faith doesn't have to be perfect. But when you have that mustard seed faith that Josh talked about a few weeks ago, you're able to walk through the the storms that life throws at you with courage and with strength and with wisdom, with discipline, with peace, and most of all, with hope. I'm going to pray for us. Is that good? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that... um, You are who you say you are. You always keep your promises. You give us hope. You give us strength. You give us wisdom. You give us peace. Even when we're going through the muck of our lives, whether it's of our own doing or whether it's out of our control, Father God, you are the God that loves us deeply, that knows us intimately, that wants to have relationship with us. So as we go out this week, Father God, and we go out today, I just pray that your hand is over every single person in this room. I pray that when times are tough, when we're struggling, when we're not quite sure which way to go, what to do next, that if we turn to you, you will give us the answers. We have that faith, Father God, that faith over our fears. We thank you. We give it all to you, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.